Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. And today we're going to run through some questions, a bit, a bit of a rapid-fire question situation, uh, to answer some of those questions that you have all been wanting to know. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, hope you are doing well. Thanks for tuning in today. And um, yeah, here we are in Toronto, uh, more lockdown. I don't even, is it possible to be more lockdown than we were locked down? Uh, yes, we, yes, it is. Lockdown after lockdown. After in my lockdown. house, basketball courts are a big deal. So yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for that noise, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, for all of you, uh, you know, in Ontario, if you're listening and you're not in Ontario, count yourselves lucky. Yeah. And, uh, I think we're the most regulated, the most locked down yeah, area in the world. The biggest world. losers is what you'd call that. <laughs> the biggest losers. Um, not impressed with the lockdown situation. Not sure anyone is. Um, it's just a shit show over here, and that's just how it is. There's mm-hmm. no other way to put it. Mm-hmm. So here we are suffering through that and um, still trying to do our thing. Real estate, so far, all the, these latest restrictions and uh, police state situation has just happened in, on Friday. Um, I don't know if that's going to change the market, really. Um, well, real estate we'll is see. still an essential service. People still have to have a key. And... Uh, so it'll be interesting to ha- see how it further changes, if it does, but um, there's still a need for us, and it can be done smartly and safely. Yeah, oh yeah, there's still a need for us, and and it's just whether or not this will affect people's attitudes, but yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, because I think for most of the, I don't know, most of the time, it hasn't really had an impact. No, I would say for last year it hasn't at all. Evidence yeah. shows that. Anecdotally, though, I do hear from people who say who aren't in a position of urgency or need say, well, because I'm not, I'll just kind of hold for a bit. There's mm-hmm. a little bit amongst those people that if you don't otherwise have to, why would you now? I hear that a little bit. Yeah, I haven't heard that yet. But not very much. Yeah. It would be interesting to see if that takes yeah, hold at all. We'll have to see. Yeah. It's bizarre. There's so many people that are mid transaction now and uh you know i've either sold or bought and hadn't have to buy or sell yeah or rent so uh, and the market so it does go on so far up until yeah. now has been totally on fire oh so yeah why yeah. why would you wait yeah um anyway that's our sad sob story um for all of you that live here you can relate so we thought for fun today we would go through uh some questions that we are asked uh, regularly and um and just a bit more of a rapid fire. We won't babble on about each one. We'll just kind of give yeah. You so the no theme here. Sense. Just questions that we regularly yeah. hear and yeah. some thoughts in terms of our perspective uh, yeah. answers. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's talk about the first one. What's the difference between lease and rent, Leslie? Is this a, a question of semantics? I know of no difference. Yeah. If you're leasing, you're renting. If you're yeah. renting, you're leasing. It's just another word in real estate regulatory world we use the word leasing that's right what we mean is renting yeah you're paying money every month for the privilege of living in a place you don't own yeah yeah my simplified answer to that would personally be we call it a lease if it goes on the mls and it's called rent if you're doing it yourself 
Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, that that's what I would say. Okay. If you're renting your place out yourself or privately, you don't call it a yeah. lease. I just think you can it's the same thing. colloquially use the words interchangeably. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. Um, and I get this a lot, especially first-time condo buyers. What is a status certificate? Yep. Yeah. Um, so when you buy a, a condo as opposed to a house, um, there's something called a status certificate. So every condo has, is a condominium corporation. The board of directors manage it. Um, and when you buy a condo, you're going to want to get, via the property management in most cases, that paperwork. Essentially, it's a snapshot uh, of the condominium corporation's status at the time. So it includes, it's primarily a look at the current financial situation of the corporation, but it extends beyond that to include all the rules around the condominium, like pets or barbecues, that type of thing. Um, So typically, I would want all my clients to have had their real estate lawyer have a chance to look at it. And depending on the real estate situation, if it's a competitive situation, the status is available, there's an offer date, we may do that before offer date so we don't have to have a condition on review of status. If that's not possible or it's not necessary given the marketing situation, then I would urge my clients to consider a condition on review of status paperwork. Yep. Perfect. Um, excellent. Okay, so here's a here's one we get all the time, and, and uh, I'm happy to answer this. Where is the best place to buy an investment property? That's your question. Yeah. So investment properties, all kinds of good places. Uh, too much information I could give you here, but let me just say that when we look at the estimates of what's going to happen in 2021, the best places that look like they would be uh, to buy real estate are Hamilton. St. Catharines, Welland, Peterborough, and Kitchener-Waterloo, Barrie, and Brantford. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just have to look at all the different factors, how much the housing costs there, what the, excuse me, what the rental is there, how much money you're going to be getting, and see whether that fits in with your budget. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Windsor, which is not on this list uh, for money sense, but I like Windsor. I think mm-hmm. it's a great option. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so next question that we have today is, let me just pull it up here. Um, what are the steps you should buy as a first-time home buyer? What are the first steps you should do? First steps you should do. So, yeah, sorry, first steps you should do as a first-time home buyer. Um, well, I think, um, I think you need to do, and you, correct me if you feel differently about this, Janelle, but I think that it's the onus is on the buyer to do a little bit of homework um, themselves before they involve a real estate agent. I just spent quite a lot of time with buyer clients um, driving all over the GTA um, because they couldn't decide where they wanted to live. So I think you have to do a bit of that on your own or you're not being efficient in your search. So I think that's key, kind of hone in on where you want to be and what you're looking for. That is searching your own soul and your mind. And then the second uh, important thing to me is your is the money situation. You've got to nail down your financing so that you know what your um, budget is, so that you know any issues that might come up before they come up at a critical time when you find a place you love, and so you're prepared to be competitive in this market. 
those to me are the two big things in terms of preparing. Preparing. What mm-hmm. do you think, Janelle? Am, yeah, am I, I would say the anything? same. Uh, mine would probably go the opposite way, though. First, find out how much money you have. Yeah. Second, we choose where you're going to go. Yeah, because the money that you have um, affects where you look. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, okay, here's one uh, that we get, which I think is an interesting question and becomes a little bit confusing, is do condos allow pets? And the answer is it depends on the condo. And so it's kind of interesting because when you are looking at a listing, your options for pets are either no pets are allowed or yes with restrictions. So those are the only choice that you're given when you're filling out a form on the MLS. So you have to delve deeper into yes with restrictions. Is is it a weight limit? Are there really no restrictions at all, but they have to put either no or restrictions? Are there, you know, no more than two pets allowed? So each condo is a little bit different. It's Honestly, usually either a size or a number, isn't it? Usually. Mm-hmm. I, I know of a couple of buildings that don't allow pets at all, but most do. And um, and that information would be in the status. Yeah, and you can just, if you're not sure, just call the condo corporation. Anyone yeah. can call any condo corporation board uh, management and ask. Mm-hmm. Right? If you like a building and you've ha- heard a rumor, and just give them a call. But a building is allowed to say no pets. Uh, yes, but they don't usually, and that would be part of a decision made by the overall management. Yes, I just right. saw a slew of of buildings in one particular neighborhood, and all of them said no to pets. Right. I don't know what is going on at Bathurst and Steels, by the way, people, why you aren't letting any pets, but many buildings there, it's no. Interesting. Um, anyway. Yeah, not too many, but the odd one. Um, and further to that, uh, another question we get all the time is, do I need to take my pets out of the home when I have it for sale? I've never been asked that, but uh, I have clear thoughts on that. And the answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not even going to talk about it anymore. No. 100% yes. And we're huge pet people, mm-hmm. but uh, you have to take them out. Yeah. They're, they're unfortunately offensive to people. And... Um, and a distraction, and even a distraction. beyond offense. You yeah. just don't want to distract people. I'm, I'm having that conversation actually with a potential seller now. Um, and at a minimum, go out for a walk. Yeah. But he doesn't like the idea of inconveniencing his dog. But, right. Well, yeah. none of us do, <laughs> but unfortunately. Um, selling your house is a huge inconvenience, mm-hmm. period. So following that, mm-hmm. the question might be, which I think everyone already knows the answer, but do I need to leave when there are showings ah. as the seller, as the homeowner, should I always leave? Well, uh, anytime COVID or not, my preference is that the um, sellers vacate the property to make it fully accessible and visible and in great shape all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's always my preference, particularly feel that way now in COVID. It's always better to have a vacant property than one you know, you know, think about it as as yourself, as a seller, you know, with people tracing through your house while you're living there. I think it's it's not an ideal time to do that. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. But especially, okay, if you're not going to move out, that's cool. Yeah. During the time. But do not stay there when people are coming through. And I cannot yeah. believe how often, and I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about just the discomfort of walking through a home and seeing the homeowner sitting there. Not only that, but we recently, so again, similar neighborhood. Um, we recently saw a bunch of condos where the people were home and they don't realize 
sometimes the impact of some of the things they say. Mm. So they're doing them. I think you as a seller can do yourself a disservice staying mm-hmm. there because there are things like when we left a couple of these places, I says, you know, what this guy had said from his Chesterfield registered. And I said, we, I think we've got to look into that. Yeah. So um, you may not even realize you're saying something that might not be universally acceptable. Yeah. And so it's better not to say anything. So better not to be there. Yeah. Let me make this loud and clear <laughs> to anybody who is thinking, what's the problem? Leave. Yeah. If people, if you don't want to move out, whatever, but if people are coming to go through your home, you need to leave. Mm-hmm. Leave the floor, even mm-hmm. if it's a condo. Like, yeah. go far away. Yeah. So you can't hear them. They can't hear you. Don't walk back in on them. Yeah. Don't do any yeah. of that. I do find it acceptable if people choose not to vacate the property while it's for sale mm-hmm. and are living there. If they put up some restrictions, for example, for baby's nap. I don't, that never offends me. No, that's fine. Yeah. But, but, so put but in some restrictions if you have to, yeah. but make them minimal and get out when you don't. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to do better overall if yeah. you do vacate. That's the, the worst whole case. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so next one. Should I always have the property staged if I'm going to sell? What do you think about that? So my uh, view on that, and so Janelle and I don't think identically to everything, so she may have a different answer here, but I don't say, I never say never, and I never say always. I think that generally, yes, but it is market, property, location, dependent, Um, and that is not always the case. Uh, For example, you know, maybe an estate sale, um, there's some situations or really when a property is valued at land value and you know it's going to be either gutted or torn down, there's some situations where uh, I would not recommend it. Uh, but predominantly, yes, the evidence suggests great returns on staging. So in most circumstances, I would say yes, but not always. Yeah. Same. I would say the only time it's not worth staging is if there's so much work to be done. Yeah. You know, it's just what's the point of staging when you've got wallpaper and carpet from 1965? And you know someone's going to come in and take it down. Exactly. Or if preparing it uh, makes you miss some of this strong, like I wouldn't delay to take it, I would want to take advantage of this market. Yeah. uh, Then delay too much. Yeah, Um, for sure. mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so um, next question, and that is Do you think it's a good idea to buy a pre construction condo? And I'm going to say, sure, why not? It just really kind of depends on your circumstance. I think if you are looking long-term in the future for something that you want to live in and you've assessed that this is the best type of property for you to buy, you know, because they take a long time for the most part to build, then there's absolutely no danger in that. You just have to know that the realities of situation, right? If they say it's going to be constructed in 2023, just add on and probably another year for that, especially given the time we're in. And make sure you understand that, you know, living in or buying something that you haven't seen is is harder. You just have to be okay with that. Yeah, like you, I'm okay with buying anything. Buy anything over renting. Um, it's not my favorite type of real estate to work in. Um, but for some people, it's the right decision. Yep. Okay, uh, next one. We're moving through this nice and quickly. Uh, Can I get a mortgage without a down payment? Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably not. Mm -hmm. Probably not. Sad reality. Sad reality. Mm -hmm. And probably you're going to need at least 10%. 
So number one, we're not the experts in mortgage lending. You need to talk to a broker or your bank just to determine exactly how much you need um, to put down, if at all. And a lot of this has to do with a whole bunch of factors that we could never guess, you know, predominantly your income, how much money do you have coming in, what your credit's like, Mm -hmm. what your debt's like, all of that kind of stuff they will analyze and come up with a scenario that's unique for you. Which is why we gave the uh, answer to the earlier question. That's one of the first two steps, probably the first step to take when you're thinking of buying. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's a good one. I get this all the time. How much is it going to cost me to use you as a real estate agent, either to buy or to sell? How do you answer that? Because how do you answer that? Well, to buy, I tell them nothing. It doesn't cost anything yeah. to use I say to that buy. too, but I don't like that answer. That's true. But, but we're, s- we're paid out of the proceeds of the purchase price of the house. We're paid by the sellers. Yes. So, in fact, the buyers are paying us. Not really. I don't know. I just I don't feel comfortable saying nothing. But truthfully, you you pay nothing out of pocket to us. We're paid from the proceeds of the sale of the house. Yeah, the buyer is not paying at all. They're they're they'll pay when they sell. Yeah, the the seller pays. The seller pays. Right. Yeah. But we get paid out of the sale of the house, which wouldn't happen without the buyer. I don't know. I have. A, I don't. I yeah. They you don't as a buyer you don't pay us out of pocket. Yes. We're we're paid from the proceeds of the sale upon after closing. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so you're not out of pocket anything. No. If and you, that would be confusing if I they know, were thinking. But, you know, I just think it's maybe disingenuous. I not don't know. Not at all. And uh, the way it works here is you, when you sell, you pay both commission. You yeah. pay the f- for your selling agent and for your buying agent. When you buy, you don't pay. Yeah, yeah, I, I get but that. But when you sell, you, you will pay mm-hmm. both ends. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works here. I don't know if it'll always be like that. It probably won't. Um, I don't I, think it used. I think it used to be different. Maybe, mm-hmm. and I know in some areas it's you know the buyer yeah has to pay, mm-hmm. uh, but here no. Mm-hmm. Uh, now selling, how much you pay for selling really just depends on what you have as an arrangement with your listing yeah, agent. That's a personal relationship between you and your listing agent. Um, but it's generally five percent. Generally. Generally, um, I always recommend that sellers, you know, understand at least what the uh, norms or expectations are around them, and uh, and but that for uh, in terms of what the buyer's side gets, um, and in terms of what you how you compensate your listing agent and brokerage, that's a, per- a personal issue, and, and it depends on so many factors. Mm-hmm. Um, there are obviously discount brokerages out there. I'm just of the belief that you get what you pay for. Absolutely. So yeah, there's a wide range, but be careful that you look beyond what that commission is and really focus on the important thing is what you're getting for that commission. Exactly. Because you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Yes, and I think, uh, you know, 5% is the standard, and the reason for that is that it's usually 25 for one side and 25 for the other side. By that, I mean two and a half to the buyer agent, two and a half to the listing agent. And just a word of that to say that 99.9% of the time, the buyer's agent should always be compensated with 2.5%. If you try to 
give the buyer's agent less money, unless you're in the suburbs, that's another story, but in the city of Toronto, people will not come. They will not show your listing uh, as frequently as they would for those that they're going to get paid the regular amount, and that's just the truth. Yeah, it might be... Sad to hear that that's the case, but it is the case. It is the so, case, yeah. Um, it's the you know, your agent will do the research around your area and determine that, but in the Toronto area, that's what we're seeing, 2.5. Yeah. Now, here's a uh, funny question I got, um, and I don't see what you think about this, but uh, do real estate agents still drive their clients around? No. Yes. COVID, for sure, no. You yeah. are not getting in my car with me. Yeah. But I have to drive someone tomorrow. <laughs> no, I would not do it. Which is just kind of funny because I, I haven't driven. First of all, I have a two-seat car. Um, I wouldn't do it, Janelle. Yeah, I'll, I'm okay with it. Mm. Um, but it's just kind of interesting. This this woman does not have a car, and she... So non-COVID, I have. Certainly when I think we started, I was all the time. And then I started to notice a shift that people didn't want it as much. They don't didn't want to be stuck with you in a car hearing. Right. Get, I, and so I think it was driven by buyers changing how they wanted to be taken around. Definitely. Um, and so I, pre-COVID, I definitely found I was doing it less and less. But in COVID, we're different. And my approach to COVID is that you will not get in the car with me. And I have people who don't have cars and they, they Uber or... Or get a friend, make other arrangements, but that arrangement is not me. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. I, haven't, I have had no pushback to that. I haven't done it in non-COVID no. times either. No, but they don't. They don't want it. Oddly enough, I've been asked to do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, because my answer prior to like twelve hours ago would have been absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would never drive someone around, but now here I am stuck driving someone. Mm. Um, okay, so here's a good one. Why do sellers price their homes so low? Well, why do you think they do? Yeah. People don't <laughs> so, get it. Yeah. They don't get it. So once there, I, I think that there are three pricing strategies um, that your listing agent will talk about with you. I always say that um, a choice of anything in the listing process, including what pricing strategy we pursue, is... Uh, my client's decision. I'm there to present the options and implications and alternatives, and what we do is is their decision. But uh, it, we're seeing very often now that pricing strategy, that marketing strategy being setting the price artificially low, slow in the low range of its value or even below, um, setting an um, um, offer date uh, in an attempt to drive traffic appeal to the greater number of uh, a greater number of buyers and sell for over asking that's why you do it mm-hmm. um, so you frequently see so I've been looking around and uh, everything for these clients that we see everything is listed at 599 right and everything is selling for 700 to 750 right um, and it's a strategy just to get people in the door and get more offers yeah, I think mm-hmm. uh, that's it. It's just a strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you have to take... And one that works. You have to take an asking price with a grain of a grain of salt, and you have to work with an agent who knows that that asking price either is a true reflection of its value or, as I've been looking around recently, not. Yeah. And so that listing, that agent that you work with to help you buy will be able to help you kind of screen those uh, to ensure that you're not wasting your time looking at things that are... 
not really valued at that number. Yeah, I think um, it's a good strategy. It helps get people through the door. Mm -hmm. My only objective as a listing agent is to get as many eyeballs in the place as possible. That's your job. Just do photography and then get people in the door. And the lower the price, it's psychological. People know they're not paying that, but they get through the door. Exactly. And people have psychologically um, determined price ranges. So the ones we were seeing on the weekend that are five ninety nine, that's because a lot of people like think of six hundred as their so you know, it's a strategic number to get people in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just a note on that before we wrap it up for today's questions is uh, when sometimes that doesn't work, right? No. So sometimes, once in a while, you might see that the offer date comes, many offers or no offers are submitted or they don't like what they get. Who knows the answer? But all of a sudden, that place doesn't sell for the 599 place doesn't sell for seven as they anticipated. And it goes back on the market the following day at, you know, Six ninety nine or right. seven nineteen or something, and that's really just because they didn't get the price they thought they were going to get, and so they've now listed it at the price they think it's worth, and it will undoubtedly sell within yes one two days anyway. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. A seller has three options: um, they can accept an offer, reject an offer, or sign back an offer with suggested changes, and. If in listing at that low price strategically to drive people to the uh, property for sale, if it doesn't result in what they were expecting, they can choose to do just as you say. And so frequently, not frequently, but sometimes you see just that, that offer day comes and goes, and you don't know, you can find out, you can ask, if that means they didn't get any offers or the seller just didn't like what they got and they, re- they relisted a higher price. Yep. Um, I've seen that um, a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, there's some there's um, some indication that the market is not as inflated and oh, as in it a was. couple of areas. You know that like uh, Young and Finch, I saw that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It mm-hmm. happens. It happens. It's no big deal either way. No, don't get your knickers in a knot and tell people or to say say to your agent, oh, this is well, obviously it wasn't worth that if they didn't get it. It will sell for the yeah. price that. You know, yeah. probably that the agent has now set it at. It happens, yeah. right? We yeah. just ebb and flow with strategy. Yeah. You just have to, all the only important thing is that you know what the house is worth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Either way. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, that was fun. Yeah. So, uh, let's do that again. Yeah, let's do it again. And um, in the meantime, you know how to reach us. Please subscribe. We always love it when you uh, ask us questions and stuff too. So make sure you're following us on all of our social channels, the Janelle Cameron team. And of course, um, Reach out if you have any questions and we'll see you soon or talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com, that's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com, or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.